This is second down on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko have a ton of news to dive into you with. Georgia had a scrimmage over the weekend. Bunch of news coming out of that. A couple more injuries uh, that the dogs are dealing with as we are getting closer and closer to that September 3rd kickoff against Oregon there in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, also some news coming out of LSU camp we're going to dive into here at the start of the show. The Falcons, they played a preseason game. And just like every other game against the Lions, it went down to the wire for the Falcons. Uh, some good performances, some horrifying performances. Uh, so we'll dive into that. Uh, probably not going to spend a whole lot of time on the Braves because Lord knows Kevin's going to. Uh, but Braves take the series sweep uh, over the Marlins, which if the Braves could just play the Marlins and the Nats, it'd be, what, 152 and 10. 152 and 10. Yeah, no, that that, that would best help. team in baseball. That would help a hell of a lot yeah, for, sure. for whatever reason. They got the poor Marlins number, man. I mean, even yesterday, Braves not doing anything all day with their famous day game lineups, where it's just, do they get that guy out of the stands <laughs> yeah. to play left field? And it's like, yeah, we don't care. We're not going to do anything to the ninth. And then Michael Harris, Money Mike, with the solo shot, get you back in there, and you end up winning the game there in the ninth. So uh, Kevin and Ben will have more on the Braves, but we're going to start with the news out of LSU, multiple. Uh, different affiliates out of LSU and now some national writers confirming that LSU quarterback Miles Brennan, who's a six-year senior for the Tigers, has decided to walk away from football after learning that he would not be the starting quarterback at LSU. Now, a lot of different ways we can look at this and we can do the easy way, which is, huh, dude's a quitter. Learns sure, he's not, sure. not going to be the starter, just quits on his team. Of course. I I'll just go ahead and address that. Somebody doesn't go through six off seasons of college football and battle back through as many injuries as he did to just be like, oh, I'm not in the conversation to be the starter. I quit. If I had to imagine, he had a conversation with Brian Kelly, which is either, dude, you're still banged up. Mm -hmm. You're not where you need to be. Or like maybe his heart's just not in it anymore because that's a long time to play college football. So a lot of different ways to look at it, but I, I don't think anything negative can be said against Miles Brennan because coming back from so many different injuries and yeah. stayed at the same school through so many different quarterbacks. I mean, think about it. This dude was there when Joe Burrow transferred in. Right. Right? Well, I mean, Stuck yeah. it out. He was his six years. He, he was basically, he was right in the middle of his tenure. Yeah, I know? mean, he's, right? uh, he's been there as long as Stetson right? has been in college. Yeah. So the dude's been there for a long, long time. Uh, I think Matt Moscona when we were at SEC Media Days, put it the best way, he would, he committed to less miles. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about the easiest thing you can you, you can say, best way you could put it. So anyone who's coming on and hearing the news uh, that Miles Brennan's walking away because he's not going to be the starter, I think you're looking at it the wrong way. And he's a guy who has played a ton of games for LSU, been a huge part uh, of that team, won a national championship. Yeah. Was he the starter? No, but I mean, he's still got that ring. Yep. Won an SEC championship. Still counts. And he won a lot of games. Uh, for LSU, I thought was a dang good quarterback, but it might have been, and I don't want to speculate, but it, it might have been as simple as I, I don't have a lot of prospects for the future in this. Right. And I've already been doing it for X amount of years. Maybe it's just time to go ahead. And LSU has a deep quarterback. I, I don't know if I say deep. There's a lot of quarterbacks in that room. Sure. I think before Brennan stepped away, they had six quarterbacks Yeah. Wow. on that roster. But now... Uh, it looks like it's going to be a battle between Arizona State transfer Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer, who is a redshirt, redshirt freshman 
I believe. I think it's second year with the program. Uh, but Nussmeyer, the guy with more of the arm talent, Jaden Daniels, you and I were talking about before the show, more of the mold of what we've seen from Brian Kelly quarterbacks in the past. Think of the the Ian Books of the past, right? The uh, the Goldstons, the why, – why is his name slipping my mind? Malik uh, Zaire's. Yeah, yeah. Right, of the past where it's kind of mobile, and Jaden Daniels is a very athletic quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kind of mobile and a good enough arm. Can't think of too many – Zaire had a, had a live NFL arm, but outside of that, can't think of too many quarterbacks that just had that stand in the pocket – zip it Justin Herbert kind of arm right for them. He likes the guys that can go out there, be athletic, extend plays, boot action because Brian Kelly still goes from under center, right? And deliver passes on the run and add that extra element of stretching a defense out. So I think Jaden Daniels probably gives you that a little bit more. Whereas Nussmeyer is that prototypical stand in the pocket quarterback what with a whip. Yeah. For a right arm. True. So it's those two guys are still battling it out, and if I have to imagine, we'll probably see both of them. LSU starts their season, I think, on Sunday, September 4th, uh, against Florida State there uh, in the Superdome. Right, right. Whereas Florida State gets Duquesne the week before yeah, to get that good warm-up warm up in. Yeah, well, South, well, we'll see. You can't look past too many of those guys if you're Florida State, as we learned last year. Yeah. But, no, um... A lot there, obviously. I think. I think. Oh man, why is his name slipping my mind right Miles now? Brand? No, the quarterback who just Jaden Daniels. Oh yeah. I, just, I don't know why. Um, I started thinking about all these different names, all yeah. these different former Notre Dame quarterbacks. I got mixed up, but now Jaden Daniels, the the thing, he's it, he's explosive, man. He's exciting. He's versatile. Um, so I, I feel like honestly, since the announcement that he was transferring in, I've kind of felt like he was probably going to win out that job. Now, of course, there, there's some other guys he has to get past. Obviously, he was able to get past, uh, you know, Miles Brennan. But, yeah, I, I think that could add a, a lot of versatility uh, to that LSU offense. And a guy who's, who's been out there before, right, like uh, he had big expectations, has been picked several different times over the past two or three years to be that sleeper team in the Pac-12 with Arizona State. Never really worked out fully, but they had games where they were explosive, put up a ton of points, and, and you know, won some big games not huge games they had, you know the the utahs and the oregons of the world but sure. was able to go out and win some other big games so I, I think it could be a really good fit um and we'll we'll see if him or, or nussmeyer is the one taking the snaps but if i had to bet uh, I'd, I'd probably put it on daniels and i, I completely agree with everything you, you said about miles brennan there i, I know i kind of we i, I oh. joked a little bit when i came in and heard the news but that's the thing is is you don't battle for that long, to if if you are a quitter, right? And I think about all the different injuries he he's had to come back from, and uh, all the different quarterbacks he's had to compete against. And honestly, you know it's it's iron sharpening iron, right? Like you said, he's a national championship winning quarterback, not a backup. I mean, as a backup, but you know he was he was on those practice squad teams, making the other guy better at the same time, making sure. that defense better at the same time. So. Uh, I, I certainly respect his time in college football, but I think it's it's part of like part of what you were going into there is think about the the system he's in now too. Miles Brennan doesn't strike me as a nah. a uh, Brian Kelly type yeah. of of quarterback. First of all, then you have the injuries and everything, so you're you're basically most likely presented with the option of hey, you can be kind of the relief quarterback, 
guy with experience that we go to if something goes wrong. Or you you can transfer out and start anew, but it's already August. I just I just you wonder, know, I just so, wonder it, it has to be almost deflating, right? Because yeah. you come back from and and a, 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 I don't know if you can be deflated in a good way, but it's just it's a moment of retrospect, and you can say, "Listen, I've been battling for five years, and then I come in this off season, coming back from injuries, finally feel okay enough to play, and it's just not there." Yeah, like, do you? I've done it for five years. Do I want to go and maybe not even make the travel roster? Right, right, right. For yeah. this season, that's gonna be. Kind of a weird in-between season with Brian Kelly's first years at time. Just, hey, start fresh with the Brian Kelly administration. Let him run it, and then I just kind of take a step away. Like, we don't know what the future holds for him. Sure. Maybe he's going to accept a graduate assistant offer, something like that. But I just I don't see a fault, or I, I don't think anyone should look at this and say, hey, he's quitting. No, yeah, for sure. I completely agree. Sometimes it's just time, Yeah, right? and, it's, and like, if you're, think about if you're Brian Kelly, right, where it's, I have... Jaden Daniels and Nussmeyer competing for those first team reps, and then I have some guys after that that I want to get reps with mm-hmm. the scout team with the second team. There's no point of Miles Brennan taking snaps with scout team. Right. So yeah. all he would be doing for the most part is going out there, going through <clears throat> quarterback drills, throwing the football around, and then standing on the sideline when you're in 11 on 11s. Yeah, and let's be real. All of that with the possibility of, and and you don't want to like put this on it, but all that with the possibility of another injury. Yeah, in in practice, yeah. right? And he's already gone through that enough. So, yeah, I'm I'm with. And sometimes you think about the again, that that dude's been around. Like, if he wants to be a coach, sure. he's got a hell of a pedigree. Uh, yeah. he, he's had three head coaches since he's been there, and Les Miles, Ed Orgeron, uh, and now Brian Kelly, uh, and some of the offensive coordinators that he's been in the same room. We were talking about Joe Brady yeah. a little bit earlier that he got to spend time with. So, the dude's got a heck of a pedigree. Uh, if he does want to go into coaching, I. I would absolutely be interested if I was some of the, one of these schools about bringing him in as a GA or a quarterbacks coach, something like that. I mean, hell, he's got to be what twenty four. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 20, 24, 25. At this point, yeah. so I hope we have the best for Miles Brennan. But uh, now the quarterback situation come a little bit clearer for LSU. It looks like it's going to be Jane Daniels or Garrett Nussmeyer there. Uh, Georgia had a scrimmage uh, their first time back in Sanford Stadium this season, and from all indications, the offense was beaten up on the defense. So. Some concern. Ben and I were talking about this earlier. What's the best thing you can hear out of a scrimmage? Because to me, <laughs> if it's, yeah, not a lot of points, but, you know, some big plays here and there as well, just kind of a, you know, we'll call it a toss-up. Like, it's just nobody was really great on either side of the ball. I, I, I want to hear that. Because yeah. that means the defense is playing okay, offense is playing okay. They both know the plays that the other one's calling. It's just it's just kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Right? It's like playing tic-tac-toe with somebody who, like, is paying attention, where it's like you, it's impossible to win. Right. Right. What we got out of Saturday is all four quarterbacks that could see time for Georgia this year, obviously in a backup role. This is Stetson's job, but all four quarterbacks threw touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently yeah. Georgia's offense was up and down the field on that defense. Right. Which is concerning. Sure. Maybe not alarming, but old Kirby Smart reportedly was letting them have it out there. And the concern, which makes sense based off what you lost, is around that front seven. Yeah, defensive line getting cooked. Reports are Stetson Bennett had all day to just sit back there and fling that rock around with those weapons. That's not a good recipe. No. You're gonna for find somebody. Yeah. yeah, and you look at the defensive line. There's a bunch of guys. Brooks and I kind of talked about this early last week. Uh, that's Brooks Austin of Dogs Daily. Sorry. Uh, you have a bunch of guys who have been there. 
but have not really been able to work their way onto the field, mm-hmm. right? The Zion Logues, uh, the Tramel Walthowers, right? Where it's like, you know the names, and, and they've gotten some cleanup duty, and they've been that second, third team line that's gone in there and rotated in to give the Devonta Wyatts and the Jordan Davises a break. But now it's them, yeah, and they're getting pushed around. Right. So it's either you're not getting your job done, or Georgia's got a hell of an offensive line. Yeah, and, and they, they got a pretty good one. They yeah, got a pretty good one for they, sure. They but have a good offensive line. Yeah. No, you, you you'd still like to see you know some some more plays out of that defense and especially up front, some more of those those pressures and uh, some some more notoriety out of yeah. some of those big plays and whatnot. But I think that's the other thing that worries me too is not only the fact that yeah the the, the starters were out there and they were still getting pushed around and whatnot and you know Georgia's first team, Georgia's second team was getting it done, but the fact that that all of the quarterbacks found the end zone and the offense was moving that way the whole day, that kind of worries me a little bit too. Because you start to hear, you know, that that happens with the starting crew. Well, maybe sometimes the second guys come in, third guys come in, they change it around a little bit. But if it, if it was the whole scrimmage, the whole time, no matter who was out there, that worries me almost even more than just hearing that, that Stetson Bennett was out there able to sling it around and, right. and move the ball. So... Yeah, it's tough. Not like you say, you want a little bit more well, balance. I guess to be op- optimistic, we can say, hey, we've heard all offseason, this is the first time Stetson Bennett's been the one all the way through an offseason. And Todd Duncan sure. can dial up an offense around Stetson Bennett and build something around him with some guys. Darnell Washington now a junior. Uh, Brock Bowers is a sophomore. Eric Gilbert's a part of that now. Uh, A.D. Mitchell's a sophomore. Lad McConkey's a sophomore. So guys who have a ton of game reps, have that full offseason, and now they can be cohesive as a unit in the offseason. And I think that's a damn good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that Amarius Mims isn't starting tells me that's a hell of an offensive line. Right. You got Tate Ratledge back. Cedric Van Pran was first team All SEC center. Uh, you have Warren McClendon, who was first team All SEC tackle. Uh, on the other side of it, Broderick Jones, who's supposed to be All World. Like Amarius Mims can't find a spot. Yeah. And so I think it's a, a pretty dang good offensive line. For sure. But at the same time, you want some pressure. So hopefully it's just it's just the offense is just that good. Right. And and they're they're cooking the defense up and down the field, but uh, reports are the old head, head ball coach ain't real happy. I'm sure about what's going on over there. I mean that's the other thing too, right? Uh, and, and certainly it can be, but like you said, first scrimmage in, inside uh, Sanford there for the Bulldogs. Maybe yeah. hopefully just one of those one time things. You know, one of those days the defense is just yeah. a, a little rough. You know, and then maybe maybe they come back. No pun intended. Oh my gosh, I just. Anyway, yeah. uh, you move forward, they come back next time yeah. and, and kind of get the offense back a little bit. Who knows? Yeah, and they're going to have another scrimmage before the season starts. But uh, some other notes to get to. And uh, a lot of these come from a good friend, Brooks Austin. I encourage you uh, to subscribe to his Patreon account because he keeps you up to date uh, with all the info you need to know if you're a Georgia football fan. But uh, just get some other information as well from people that were there at the scrimmage. Chaz Chambliss, uh, it appears... if. If you're a Georgia fan and you're trying to think of who that is, he wears number 32 outside linebacker. Think back to the Michigan uh, semifinal game, the dude who had just the monster hit once Georgia started kind of winding down a little bit and put the second team guys in there. Got called for a flag, but just just I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this, but, <laughs> but planting people out there, sure, I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. He apparently is pushing for one of those starting outside linebacker spots. I think Nolan Smith pretty much has his spot locked up, but could be pushing Robert Beal for some playing time. Uh, in terms of the inside linebackers, Smile Munden uh, and Pop Johnson looks like they're going to be your inside linebackers. Yeah. And that's a that's a deep unit. You got the Tresman Marshalls in there. 
uh, who have been there for a while pushing for that. But it looks like a couple of the young guys going to take it over uh, at that inside linebacker spot. Uh, and then wrapping it up, injury-wise, I think some pretty significant ones uh, in terms of what you could see on September 3rd. So we know about Arian Smith. We talked about him last week, and Kirby Smart kind of addressed the same thing we were talking about. We're like, you feel bad for dude. Like, he came in as a track star and a football star, gets hurt. Then last year gets the lower leg injury. So in two seasons, he's played a grand total of eight games for Georgia. And then this year, it looks like he's going to be a key part of the offense and gets hurt again. And Kirby Smart reveals that he had even stopped running track just to focus on Man. being a football player. So gets hurt again. But he did not play. Uh, Denial and Morissette did not play. Rian Trouble Davis, the inside linebacker, he was out. But I think the big one is Kendall Milton, who's supposed to be one of your two-headed monster there with Kenny McIntosh, he's now dealing with a hamstring injury, mm. which is one of those ones where, yes, it is a soft tissue injury. You didn't break any bones, didn't tear a ligament, anything like that, but one of those lingering ones, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I have to imagine, and this is just me looking at it through a football scope, Kenny McIntosh is going to be your starting running back, but after that, Dejan Edwards, a guy who's been like the fifth, sixth running back for Georgia, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, because I'm about to come to the point here. Dejan <laughs> Edwards is going to get a run, and he'll probably be your second back. Right. I think you're going to get to see that. This dude's a baller. Yeah. He, as a freshman against Missouri, got in there on mop-up duty and had over 120 yards. Right. And like, say what you will about Missouri, that's an SEC defense. Sure. And when he's come in, he's picking up five, six yards at a time. He's kind of taken over the Brendan Douglas role the past couple years where, hey, I'm the, I'm the victory cigar. Right. You put me in, I rip off six yards at a time and just bleed clock. Mm-hmm. Like I'm picking up a first down every two snaps, and we're, yeah. we're just taking a whole heck of a lot of clock off. So I think he will probably be your number two running back. Obviously, you have Branson Robinson, the freshman uh, out of Mississippi, who even Del McGee is saying reminds him physically of Nick Chubb. I think that's something Goodness. you need to just pump the brakes on because that might be <laughs> the second best running back to ever come through Georgia. Yeah. Uh, and then... Andrew Paul is another guy, three-star back, didn't have a lot of accolades coming out of high school, but has been showing some stuff there uh, to Georgia. So if I had to guess, Kenny McIntosh is going to see a lot of reps for Georgia against Oregon, but unless we see a big-time recovery for Kendall Milton between now and September 3rd, I think Dejan Edwards is going to be a guy seeing a lot of those snaps as well. But, I mean, watching him, where's number 30 for Georgia, for the fans trying to think back of who he is, out of uh, Colquitt? Yep. Big-time football yep. powerhouse over in West Georgia. And he's just kind of stepped in since he was a freshman. He's, he's shorter, but, man, he can run. Yeah. No, that's fine. Get behind those pads and, and you know, lay into some people, man. And especially you have you have those guys who think about who he's been behind, right? You, you say that about that being the fifth or sixth you know, string guy yeah, the, the last couple of years. Backs. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything bad, especially when you have such a full, you know, basically NFL locker room there at the University of Georgia. So, yeah, but that time developing and waiting can yeah. can make it even more sweet when you're able to get back on the field and be put in a pretty pivotal role uh, for the dogs as well. So like you said, probably not going to get an insane amount of reps for Georgia in the Oregon game if um, you, you know if, if that running back room's a little more slim due to injury. Yeah. But you know, I guarantee you when he's out there, he's going to make an impact for sure. So could be someone we're talking about after that game. 10, 11 carries for, you know, 80-whatever yards and a a big impact. So 
we'll see. see. And it's going to be a lot of question marks heading into September 3rd. I know Georgia's got another scrimmage coming up, but uh, some some big lingering question marks for the dogs as they get ready for the Ducks. we got to take a break, though. We'll come back to the Falcons preseason game this past Friday night. Some good, a lot of bad. Who was in the good category, though? Your boy. That's what I thought. Desmond Ritter. We'll come back. <laughs> we'll break it down next right here on second down. Wait a minute. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you all with us here on this Monday afternoon. The Falcons played football, PJ. Yeah, they did. And, man, did they go out there and play some football. They, 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 well, some of them did. And then, some, some played. And then there were some other guys who came football. out there and they played some football too. They tried. They, there's playing football and then there's trying to play football. And you know, I think we saw both of those and we, the Falcons. Played. We saw a lot of guys playing football. Uh, that's, <laughs> this is the nicest I can be about it. I mean, it's fine. You beat the Lions <laughs> 27 to 23 in a preseason game. It's like, hey, man, that's true. But here's what I'm concerned about. It's big about. enough by itself. Falcons come out. Dean Pease has been fired up all offseason, right? Like, I'm sick of people saying there can never be a good defense in Atlanta. And you know what? It kind of permeates, and it gets in our, our bloodstream, and it just it feels like that's just all over Flowery Branch, and we have to get past that. We could be a good defense. Like, that's my Dean P's voice. I don't know. Like he's fired up. I'm, I'm eating it all up. I'm like, sure. hell yeah, Dean. Of course. Let's get after it. I'm ready to run through a brick wall and play who, for this guy. Who do we got? Yeah, I'm like, I'm so I'm so ready. And like, man, he's telling me AJ Terrell is that guy. And we still got Grady and we got some linebackers that they're okay. And it's just <laughs> like, all right, heck yeah, I believe Marlon Davidson can be good. Let's go, Dean. I'm fired up. Let's go. First drive of the preseason. Ten plays, seventy nine yard touchdown, Detroit. You just got Jared Goffed. Hey, but I was gonna say, hey man, Jared Goff's out there. You know, the the one who, the one who opened the door for the Rams, right? He he really led them to all that success. Then Matt Stafford just came in behind him, scooped it all up. Listen, no, no it, like you get Goffed, that's that's <laughs> that's, that, that's bad. There's no good things to say about that. Yeah, I mean DeAndre Swift, four carries, twenty yards, a touchdown. Yeah. Like five yards a clip against you, touchdown. Um, They're focusing too much on that pass rush, man. But, well, Jared Goff was 3 for 4 for 47 yards, and the oh, one pass mind. he didn't have completed was a drop, like a wide-open drop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But what's even more discouraging is I feel like didn't didn't like the Lions lost their best receiver in the offseason oh, as oh, well. Yeah. So, you're, you're out here getting cooked. By what's this? Devin Funches is still out here doing it to you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, I didn't know he was still around. Yeah, I mean, like he's been playing for Carolina since like 2003. Sure. And he's still out here doing it to you. <laughs> Did he play for the Patriots for a little? I mean, this guy's out here. Can't remember. Getting you the business. See, like, that's the thing. Devin Funch is mossing people. Yeah. I'm going to say Devin Funches as many times as I can just to emphasize the point that you're getting cooked by Jared Goff and Devin Funches. And you're talking about playing in a division with Thomas Brady. Mm hmm. Come on. And it's just not. It's, Yeah. And potentially Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, who, never know. Seems like he, he's won that job well, there in Carolina. Matt Corral get after it. No, Matt Corral's not. No. I like Matt Corral, he's man. I do, too. He's got, he's got a long way to go before he's out there cooking the Falcons. Maybe a year or two. PJ, a young man, <laughs> and I'm sure he's wonderful. He's out of Central Michigan, but a young man named Khalil Pimpleton. 
had wow. three receptions for 15 yards against you. Against who? The Falcons. Yeah, no, that's that's tough. Well, I mean, that's the thing at cornerback. Like, you got A.J. Terrell and then kind of who, who else? Yeah. I mean, that's that's part well, I mean, of the problem we've been Casey talking about Hayward. for a while. Sure. But he's not the Casey Hayward. It's true. He ain't Cam Hayward. Yeah, yeah no, but, the, the one that everyone thought. But <laughs> it's just, it's... It's tough. I, I, it's what you should have expected. But you know what happened? Sure. Is Dean Pease got me fired up? Yeah. And then Marcus Mariota came out there and looked pretty dang okay. He did. Okay. I've been hearing junk from everybody in the well, studio all, all listen, off season it's about. It's not gonna work. My, because yeah, it's gonna Fal- work great. The Falcons offense was against the Lions was the offense that you, you run in Madden, which is I'm gonna take the snap as soon as because they've made the pass registry mechanics too easy, as soon as my right tackle gets folded, I'm gonna have to boot out and sure. either throw on the run to the one wide receiver over here or tuck it and run. Yeah. Marcus Mariota might have 40 carries a game. Probably. You you madden people. Like that's that's literally what it is. Like you said, you run out, you roll out, you hope to get one like wide receiver out on whatever side you're rolling out to and then you make the cornerback or linebacker decide on whether to tackle you, you or stay know, on the wide receiver. It's perfect is, offense. Is Marcus Mariota was 2 for 2 for 36 yards. Great. Yeah, it was incredible. With a rushing had, touchdown. He had more rushes <laughs> than pass attempts. <laughs> And, like, Aiden Hutchinson has, from all accounts, looked pretty okay. Pretty okay. Right, so far. And this is what a rookie's supposed to look like. He exactly. looks okay. Yeah. He immediately decimated the Falcons' offensive line. Well. That's not good, PJ. George's offensive line did better against Aiden Hutchinson than the Atlanta Falcons' offensive Well, this line. is the thing, though. You, you got to, like, Aiden Hutchinson also looked really, really good against most of the Big Ten. Yeah, so like, like three Big Ten teams. So like the fact that, that he looked that good against most of the Big Ten and now he's looking good against the Falcons, isn't that surprising me? Let's see what happens when he takes on, you know, a really solid offensive line like the Bulldog like Georgia. Yeah. You know? And anyway. For everyone clamoring about Desmond Ritter too, like, dude, he had two touchdowns. Great. He's also ten for twenty two. Yeah, and let's not let's let's remember. I was going to joke about, hey, Marcus Mariota is already doing his job, rubbing off on, on Desmond Ritter. I can't really joke about that that much because... That's like, disrespectful to Marcus Mariota. Of course it is. Yeah. But also, look at one of the touchdowns he threw. It was like an underthrown toss-up 50-50 ball while he was on the on run. fourth and nine, yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, oh, he whatever. Put it up. Forget it. That a wide receiver's down there somewhere, and like the wide receiver had to come back five yards to catch the football. So, hold on. You know, let's, let's pump the brakes before we start pumping up Desmond Ritter. I actually saw a, I told a my man Jared Bernhardt out of Ferris State who got the game winner. There you go. Come yeah. on. The game I actually saw that. I was like, Desmond Ritter throws game winner for Falcons. I was like, oh, well, no, here's the best okay. part is like and then are, I the Falcons, watched it. are the Falcons yeah. going full Patriots in the bad way? They say the the top story you can find on Jared Bernhardt is how college lacrosse's top player became a rookie free agent signing with the Atlanta Falcons. Oh no. It's like we've already seen the Chris Hogan movie. Yeah. We don't want to be Chris Hogan too. This is the this is the Chris Hogan spinoff. Uh, it's like if like it's like when they try to make a Batman show on the CW. It's like Chris Hogan is is Christian Bale. What if this is this is Chris Hogan? It's like Chris Hogan. What what's it called? Damn. <laughs> what know. is the grammatical term some called? Hand gesture. <laughs> is it a colon? <laughs> okay. Chris Hogan colon. Now we're talking about Chris Hogan's colon. The NFL strikes back 
<laughs> where it's like, what should have happened to Bear, Chris Hogan in the Bear first State place? Strikes back. Well, no, look, look, he's out here cooking people for touchdowns. Is he Hell cooking yeah, he people is. for touchdowns? Game winner, baby. He didn't. He might have cooked people, but yeah, he had to come back and listen. Man, just, I don't know. I'm worried about Marcus Mariota. I'm worried about his health. Yeah, like I'm not worried about him as a player. I think he's fine as a player. I'm worried about him. I, and yeah, man, listen, I was. So happy to see Matt Ryan happy. Walked out there in that all-white Colts uniform, looking like Peyton Manning Jr. Like not in terms of playing, but like <laughs> right. just like in terms of stature. Uh, and I'm, 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 it's like when you get broken up with, and they just seem happy. You're like, all right, it hurts, but I'm glad you're happy. At least they're happy. Yeah. He's in a better place. Well, that's the. You think Colts fans too are like. You see him speaking of two. Yes, he's like a rescue dog. You see, you see him walk yeah. out, and he's like, "We couldn't Wait, take care of him anymore." That's the that's the two we should have. That's the two we want because last we, year's number two for the Colts. We was, as the whoo! Atlanta Falcons are the crappy people Rough. who's like we're just like we adopted this dog, and now that he's old, we don't want him anymore. Yeah, and the Colts came in. And we're like, we'll give him a good home. It's crazy until that he we we see like two. I'm not saying the Colts are going to win the Super Bowl. Calm down. Don't put words in my mouth. But is it kind of like it's pretty cool? I think that we see two of these stories in in two straight years, where like you have Matt Stafford just getting beat up constantly. Like there's all those heroic videos of Matt Stafford like oh my on, on last minute drives and stuff like that. He's like limping and like almost in a wheelchair for each and every one of them, but he somehow wills away to win the Lions the one football game they're going to win that year, right? I just I think it's cool that we're seeing that again yeah. with with Matt Ryan. Hopefully we see more of this. I, I hope Matt is just happy future. and I hope the Indianapolis Summers have treated him right and I hope the ice cubes are happy. I just, I'm messing with man. I, I just, I just wish, <laughs> I just wish, the, I just wish the best for him. Uh, sure. Quickly here, and we'll wrap up our NFL talk here. We're gonna take a quick break. We got some more college football uh, to talk about. But in like the most unsurprising storyline of the weekend, uh, George Pickens is good at football. Very. And hey, if you draft Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean, that's pretty good too. Like, Pen- George Pickens like, had a ball game yeah. against the Seahawks. He like did. Brian Ball, he got a baldy breakdown. Yep. And Baldinger's like this dude looks like a 4-year pro. He does. And like you we've been talking about it, you you see it all the time in practices and clips and now you're you're seeing it under the lights too. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like he literally had the same clip of of blo- I know it's not some huge touchdown catch or anything, yeah. which by the way he had one of those, but he had the same clip as he did in the Georgia Michigan game where he just comes off they, they hike the football for a run play, and the cornerbacks just poor cornerbacks just like chilling, and he just gets well, balled, balled over by, by George Pickens yeah. as George Pickens just like stares over him. So, uh, just fresh report by the way, Pennsylvania's pretty happy okay, right good. now. Pre- yeah. Pennsylvania's kind of Pennsylvania we'll wait, drafting Georgia players listen, worked out pretty good. They're not going to be in when college football rolls around, but right now that's defending ACC champion Pennsylvania's Panthers, pretty happy. Uh, and but. And then with Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis, there's a couple of plays. I think the stat was there was eight run plays while Nicobe Dean was in. He had five tackles. Like, yeah. That's just that's <laughs> how it works. But there was one play where it's just they, they try to run a trap play. Jordan Davis ate like three offensive linemen, deposited them in the backfield, and then Nicobe Dean runs the alley and tackles the running back in the backfield. Yeah. It worked against Alabama. 
<laughs> Why wouldn't it work in the NFL? Yeah, it's just... I, I I do love that though. Like that's another thing. Of, but Jordan Davis, like I think we all like that's a monster of a man. He, he's going to work out. And yeah. The fact that he's with Philly, um, you know, next to Fletcher Cox and the rest of that defensive line is just scary. But I'm really happy for Nicobe Dean that he's able to go out and and put up those kind of numbers and have that kind of success. First of all, because he just seems like one of those guys that when the lights come on, when you get the pads on and whatnot. He turns into a whole new animal. Like, I know he was dealing with some things for his pro day and whatnot, but even for practices, it's yeah. just been like, oh, he's a good player, you know, good, decent reports coming out of camp. But then he gets on the field, like in an actual game-type yeah. situation, he's all well, over the And especially place. in the new age NFL, there's only so much you can do as a linebacker in practice to true. show off what you're doing. Very, so, very so he gets true. in the game, just eating people alive. we got to take a break. We're going to come back. More college football talk next right here on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio, presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. You said it's gonna. You said it's gonna be a rough year for college football in Pennsylvania, man. You're not. You're not trusting your boy. No, I. I never have. Why? I never have. What? What? Give us a quick thirty-second Penn State preview. Okay. Um. We. I'm not gonna say we. Uh, Fine, you can say we. You don't have to be the, professional about your favorite team. Obviously, you have a new defensive coordinator there in Manny Diaz, which I'm kind of excited for. He's focusing on turnovers, which I think you have the, the prospect to, to get plenty of those. But uh, at the same time, you're replacing a lot on the defensive line. You're replacing quite a bit there at the linebacker spot. Uh, secondary, replacing quite a bit there, too, with uh, Tariq Castro-Fields and... Uh, Jaquan, uh, Jaquan Brisker, who's yeah. out there making plays for, for the Bears this weekend. Um, so th- there's about one or two pretty notable spots on every level of the defense that you're replacing a, a pretty important player. You have sixth year Sean Clifford there, who's uh, Mr. Happy Feet in the backfield and not an insanely great decision maker sometimes. So, And, and then you have a running back room that's loaded with talent but can't seem to break free. Like, the last two years, the running game has been atrocious. Yeah. Uh, part of that's the offensive line. Part of that, I think, is, is the running game. So, wide receiver room, looking pretty damn good, though. You get a transfer there from, from Western Kentucky, and, you know, their most productive guy. So, I think you have the prospect to make some big plays be exciting, but continued success, I'm not very confident in. Well, uh, and apparently so, the AP is not confident in Penn State either because I was shocked exactly. that Penn State is not ranked inside the top 25. Can I – this might be weird Please. to hear, but uh, like – Now I absolutely want you to say it. I'm happy about that because there's so many let's, – let's be real. It's college football. There's certain brands or certain teams that they get put up at like 12 every year for no reason. You mean like NC State at 13? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So – uh, there's, there's just like, even when LSU in the bad years, right? They're like between 10 and 15 every preseason, and then by week four, they're gone. So, you know, maybe Penn State can be that team that's unranked at the start of the year, surprises some people. Yeah. But I think most likely you're seeing this team 9 and 3, 8 and 4, maybe yeah. maybe go. 20 to 25. Let's go. I think they'll probably be top 25 after three weeks because I think they'll beat Purdue. I think so, too. And then yeah. you got Ohio at home, and then you go to Auburn, which is just not a good football team. So if you go 3-0 and there, you'll be inside the top 25. But, I'd agree. Uh, yep. The AP did release their poll, the most useless poll of the year, the preseason poll. Yep. Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3. Okay, we knew that. 
Uh, Clemson, number four, which is surprising, uh, but this also makes five years in a row where all of those teams start the year inside the top five. Yeah. Uh, this is also, I believe, the seventh or eighth time that a Nick Saban Alabama team has been ranked as the preseason number one, which is just absurd. Yeah, it's the the more you hear things like that, yeah. like the the less surprising and I think more numb to it we get. Yeah, we can't get numb. But to it. it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. Um, but some ones in here I want to make quick comment on. Texas A and M is not the sixth best team in the country. Agreed. The, that is a farce, and it is I guess trying to set them up for some cool top ten early season matchups. Like yep. that's the best way I can think about it because Texas A and M. Is not the sixth best team in the country. Uh, Utah comes in at number seven, which should worry you if you're a Florida fan. Uh, Michigan eight, Oklahoma nine, uh, and Baylor ten, rounding out the top ten. Biggest takeaway from that is because Michigan is going to be good, Baylor's going to be good again. AP believes in Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Yeah, is my biggest takeaway there. Uh, for Georgia fans, Oregon comes in at number eleven. So that's a big time matchup. I think that's that's generous for reasons we we all know why. But you still, know. I think I think an appropriate ranking. Uh, some other ones of interest: you have Miami as 16, ACC champion Pitt as 17, Wisconsin with their perfect starting spot, number 18 in the it's country, right, right where they want to be. Get up to five, and then they'll lose a stupid game. Uh, and we just know how Wisconsin season will go. They'll Arkansas, right be at 16. They'll be right back at 16 yeah. by you know Big Ten championship when they're playing Ohio State. Arkansas comes <laughs> in at 19. Uh, Kentucky is 20th, Ole Miss is 21st, Cincinnati coming off of a college football playoff appearance is 23rd, and then Houston and BYU round out the top 25. Uh, notably, no hook'em inside the top 25 either. I have seen, I have seen like college football playoff predictions from people about the Longhorns. I have seen uh, Big 12 champ predictions for the Longhorns. We got Quinn Ewers, and we got Steve Sarkeesian, and we went out and stole some players from Alabama. Bama, we're going to be lit. You're not even in the top 25. Nope. You're not even in the uh, the hemisphere, yeah. stratosphere of being making it to the college football playoff, much less being one of the best teams in the country. Like, worry about, like, making a bowl game. Yeah, just stop. Like, I think that's the collective college football world saying, Texas, we've heard it enough. Yeah. Now we want to see it. And until we see it, you're not getting anywhere near <laughs> the yeah. top ten. I, I want to keep that thought in mind. We're going to take a break. we got to come back, get you ready for three and out. But keep that thought in mind because we're going to talk about that next as we wrap up the show because it's an interesting fact. And I saw a piece uh, from another guy who does a very similar job to ours that I thought was a great point. And I think Texas fans should go watch it if they're disappointed they're not inside the top 25. So we're going to come back, keep that in mind. Got more to come here on ESPN Radio after this. All right, I know in today's day and age of social media, we all have very short attention spans, but I hope uh, you remember kind of what we were talking about from the last segment. Texas not inside the top 25. A lot of Texas fans fired up about that. Ah. And Oh, no. I just remember uh, listening to a show from Mike Valenti at 971 The Ticket in Detroit the Monday after uh, Michigan lost to Georgia in the Orange Bowl. And he said, Lit, it's a great year. And he's like, but you got embarrassed. And you knew you were going to get embarrassed. Because when you walked out there, your offensive linemen were as big as Georgia's DBs. And it's just like, you can have a 12-win Big Ten championship season and still not be playing the same sport as the teams that are actually competing for national championships. Sure. So for Texas fans, let's take this one step at a time. Make a damn bowl game. <laughs> yeah. Let's win seven, eight games. Yep. 
Instead yep. of being disappointed and, and, and clamoring that you're not inside the top 25, let's just focus on winning some dang ball games this year. Look, Steve Sarkeesian can call an offense. We, we all know this. They were beating the hell out of Oklahoma last year until Caleb Williams just metamorphosized in front of us. Mm-hmm. So there's some good stuff for Texas, but just take a deep breath. It's not all going to happen at once. But I, I thought it was a good point by Mike Valenti. Is like, listen, you got to stack like eight recruiting classes on top of each other before you can even pretend to do that. I think it's an incredible point. I'm, I'm right there with you. Couldn't agree more. It, it takes time, man, and it takes continued success, not just a, a year here and there. Speaking of continued success, three and out. Coming up next right here on ESPN Radio.